We want to thank Next Level Marketing for being our opening sponsor on the podcast. If you have social media that you use for marketing, you need to check out Next Level Marketing and follow them on Facebook. You can also reach them at Gary Bontrager Consulting on our website, www.garybontrager.com. They will do a free audit for you and check out what your social media, how it's performing, what loopholes there are, and how you can tighten it up and be more effective with your marketing. They will help put strategies together to use organic growth to maximize the dollars that you do spend. We appreciate them being an associate sponsor with us on this Mindset Growth Podcast and enjoy what they do for us. This is a company that we work with and we endorse, and we don't take that lightly. Welcome to another episode of Mindset Growth Podcast. I'm Gary Bontrager, your host, and we are so excited for our next guest. He is somebody who inspires me just from the aspect of being a young person that is so not only friendly and assertive, but just aggressive and goal setting and what he wants to accomplish in life. And I see him be a person that's also precise on how he follows through on all those things to achieve what his end goal is that he sets. So with that, I want to welcome J.D. Kloffenstein to the podcast. J.D., thanks for being here. Absolutely. Did I pronounce your name correctly? You did. You did. That's impressive. Awesome. So uh, appreciate you coming on here and being on here. Really what we look at is really based off off of our name. Mm-hmm. the mindset growth. And we like to talk to people that over time, they've maybe changed their mindsets or they figured out a way to set goals and accomplish maybe more than they once thought. Now, clearly you're a young person. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that, uh, uh, well, we'll get into that a little bit, I guess let's back up a little bit there and just tell us about yourself, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit about how you grew up and some of that. Yeah, so I'm actually originally from Mount Pleasant, so it's probably 47, 50 miles south of Iowa City. Yeah, and that's Mount Pleasant, Iowa. Correct. We have listeners around the world, so we want to make sure that we get the right place for those who want to find you. Yeah, absolutely. So Mount Pleasant, Iowa, so yeah, smack dab in the Midwest, uh, a small town of 12,000. So born and raised there, uh, you know, so very Midwestern lifestyle focused, working hard, family first. And, uh, you know, was raised on the upbringing of, you know, you got to work for everything that you, that you right. want in life and, and nothing is ever truly given to you. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it was a very strong upbringing. So you know. uh, went to, you probably went to the local high school there. Yep. Okay. And then your parents, uh, I would imagine, were a very influential part of that. Absolutely. So my parents, and then especially I have to give credit to my grandmother, um, I, you know, being from small town, Iowa, you have to work at either the high V growing up or, you know, help on one of the local uh, family farms. And so my grandmother had a small acreage. So when I was like 10, 12 years old, I would go out there and spend time with her and, and she would teach me the value of hard work. Right. I think the biggest thing that I learned from her was that if you don't do it right the first time, you probably shouldn't do it at all. And I think about that all the time and just about every aspect of, of what I do today. And so I guess I want to visit about that just yeah. a little bit because often if you don't do it right, it might be because you're not experienced and you need to, you know, mm-hmm. learn how to do it. But she would talk about more, it might not be something that fits your best ability. 
Yes, or if it's something easy, right? Like whether it's picking up a piece of trash off the ground, oh. like, you know, everything from the big ticket items right. to even the small things. Like don't uh, only give half your effort. I give, got you. Give almost 100% of your effort on everything or just don't take the time to do it all because then somebody else will have to come right. come on the back end and help you out. Um, but to your point with the experience and such, you know, she would always teach me if you don't, you know, if you don't know, just never hesitate to ask for help. Right. For guidance too. Right. Yeah. Cause I like to talk to folks about sometimes I would hear older coaches in years past talk about, you know, you cannot be any better than your greatest weakness, mm -hmm. but I like to look at it. Let's focus on your strengths and stay in that lane. And you're probably going to accomplish more. At the same time, you're exactly right. Whether it comes to picking up trash and things like that, your environment, whatever you're doing, give it, give it everything you've got and do it correctly. So absolutely, it's kind of great to. Uh, uh, I just wanted to clarify that, I guess. But it's uh, what what's a uh, morning routine look like for JD? Yeah. So be honest, uh, I'm not a morning person. It takes almost every part of me to get up and be efficient in the morning. Um, so again, it. it ties back to making sure you got to put that effort in to, to do the things that you don't want to do. Okay. And so I'm, I'm just not a morning person, but when I do get up, first thing I do is, uh, I want to make sure that I have my notes ready for, for the day ahead, which I actually start preparation for my morning the night before. Okay. So that way I can focus on actually putting in that effort to get up. I'm actually more of a night owl when it comes to okay. a lot of things. Yeah. We, uh, just had a guest on in the last month or two that talked about that same thing mm -hmm. about, he starts his morning actually the night before. Yeah. So, uh, it, and I think he probably gets up, you know, somewhat early in the mornings, but it's just the whole piece that when he does get up, he's prepared and he already knows. Yep. And I think it gives him, you know, probably gives you some, uh, maybe some cushion or adjustment yep. so you can kind of be flexible with that. Um, clearly with that being said, What's the most uh, productive time of day for you then? I mean, you probably answered that. But. Yeah. So typically for me, it's it's going to be the later afternoon, early evening. I feel like there's two windows during the day where you can be pretty efficient with your time. Okay. Um, it's either A, early morning when right. the majority of individuals are still asleep. Right. Getting their kids ready right. for school. Um, and then the second part is, you know, later in the afternoon, early evening when people are off of work and spending time with friends, family. And then allowing you the free time to um, get a lot of what you need to get done done. Excellent. Yeah. And I think that works different in different industries. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, uh, we interview people from realtors to, you know, maybe people that own construction yeah. and different things. So there's also different windows of time. And so it's interesting. There's not really a right answer in yeah. all of that. I do have three what we call rapid fire questions. You did not get these. So we're going to catch you <laughs> off guard just to kind of see how you respond. So yeah. if you're a quick decision maker, you're going to be just fine with all of that. Uh, what is one childish thing you still enjoy? I would still say um, being playful. I mean, okay. it's one of those where we all get so caught up in our professions. Right. We have to keep that face when we're out in public, right. but it's, it's still having the ability to let loose with friends and family when appropriate. Okay. So... Don't take yourself too serious. Exactly. Just relax. Yeah, exactly. Find out. Well, it's part of that work-life balance yep. that everybody has. Uh, would you rather travel to the past or the future? 
Oh, I would I would say the past, you know, uh, then you can take the experience that you've learned up to this point and then take it back with you and make some changes. Uh, I truly believe that everything does happen for a reason, but you could go back and alter a couple of things and be curious to see what life would look like moving forward. Would you be curious? I mean, you say you would be curious, yeah. but you probably also would go back knowing some things would be very different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? You know, I mean, yeah. you think of those uh, things that would would be different. Uh, but I also like to talk to people about just don't live with regret. Yeah. Stuff happens in life and we just learn and adapt and move forward. So it's not always all bad. Do you collect anything? Uh, I would say started getting on the trend of watches. So don't actually have one on with me today, but, uh, started that habit last year. That's almost a party foul then for you. I know. I know. Should be part of your attire every day. I know. I didn't want the audio listeners to, you know, not be able to to see if I had a piece on or not. So I had to. I had to respect them. Yeah, to, to that work that one there. Uh, we talked a little bit about how you grew up, but what was your uh, one thing that I find interesting? And I interview all kinds of people, mm-hmm. and I, you know, some of them grow up. Their parents are divorced. Uh, they mm-hmm. maybe grew up not even knowing one parent. Others have the most wonderful family unit ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about what was your family structure like growing up? What was you yep. know that did that? Like? I mean, you, you brought up your uh, grandmother already, mm-hmm. so clearly you had some generational connection. Absolutely. So I, I would tell you, um, it was really family focused, but. We also valued hard work too. Um, My dad had his own private business on top of working a full-time job. And so a lot of the times he would be out working and we'd be at home with my mom, but he also explained why he may not have been around as much. And a lot of it came down to working hard to be able to provide for the family to allow us to do what we enjoy doing, whether it's vacations or baseball or, you know, just traveling in general. Um, so it was a, a lot of it was centered around the value of hard work and how that okay. actually comes back and provides for the family. Um, you know, it was never about, hey, you know, I'm going to happy hour with some friends after work and I'll see you guys later. It was always, if I'm not at home with the family, I am working hard to provide for the family. Okay. So it taught me a lot about prioritization um, family values, and then uh, also being able to, you know, make sure that you're providing for the ones that you care about. And and the reason, I guess, I start with that because mm-hmm. of where we're going to lead with some questioning. Uh, I think a lot of times uh, we don't, or kids are not taught enough the mm-hmm. reasons that their parents do things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's somewhat important because I believe what we're going to learn today is that a lot of what you're accomplishing in life based off of the examples you were set. I mean, just with your grandmother and with your parents. Yep. Uh, and I think it probably helps kids maybe not have that resentment when their parents do work hard Ex- and exactly. have a lot of that time because they understand that whole philosophy a lot better, mm-hmm. maybe even helping them set goals and plan better for their future as well. Mm-hmm. Um you had brothers, sisters, only yeah. child? So I actually have a younger brother. He okay. is currently wrapping up school here at Iowa. He is about three years younger than than okay. I am. And it's interesting because both of us are are slightly different. And I mean this in the most respectful way to him. Right. But he was definitely, you know, babied growing up. And then I was the one that was like, hey, you know, value hard work. And and I don't know if it's the second child thing or whatever the case may be, big sibling. Yeah. Yep. Um, but you can definitely tell there's personality differences and, and such there, but yeah. The interesting part with that though, is I've 
got four kids myself. Mm -hmm. Each of them at a different stage of life kind of developed a little different work ethic yeah. or goals and what they want to accomplish. So he'll probably be just fine. Yeah, he wants to be a doctor, so I'm oh, sure he'll well, be all he's right. Got, yeah, he's got uh, <laughs> a lot of school ahead of him there. Yeah. Uh, where'd you go to school at? So went to Mount Pleasant High School. Um, and then, you know, during that time, they were just introducing like entry-level college right. courses at the school they right. for. So from there, went to uh, Southeastern Community College for my first two years okay. of uh college, you know, just getting my general eds out of the way. So that was down in West Burlington, Iowa. Okay. And then I did a program that allowed me to transfer to the University of Iowa here in Iowa City um, to wrap up my degree in finance. And at what point, uh, I mean, did you have to pay for all the college yourself? Did your parents provide all the education? How, did, how was that? Yeah. So it was a little bit split up. Um, my brother and I, we both have college savings right. funds that are out there. Um, so that kind of ties into what I do right. a little bit as well. Um, so we basically had the majority of our schooling paid for, um, but anything that the fund could not cover, uh, then we would have to pay for out of pocket. Okay. So yep. there still was uh, skin in the game. And yep. You had to do that. Yeah. A couple of things. Uh, I met you at a conference and it was just as the crowd was dying down. Uh, I hadn't really spotted you, but for some reason we just ended up at the bar together, yeah. if, as I recall, and we start visiting. And my first impression was that you were very uh, inquisitive mm -hmm. and wanted to learn. And I don't know if it was my gray hair. You thought the guy's <laughs> got some miles under his belt or what it was that intrigued you. But you asked so many good questions. And it just seemed to me like uh, that was inspiring, which is why I've even asked mm -hmm. you to be on here today. But it also led to where you and I developed a relationship and we would occasionally meet. We mm -hmm. don't consistently or often, but we stayed in touch and currently have some mutual clients as well. But the, what was so impressionable to me was that I felt you were very focused and driven at a young age. So I have a question, I guess, a couple of questions out yeah. of that whole statement. And one of them simply is, uh, at what point did you realize that you wanted to get into the career field you were in? Yeah. So I would say my senior year of high school, after graduating, I spent a summer with my uncle, just a couple of weeks with some extended family. And so, you know, to kind of let the audience know, I work in wealth management, so investment okay. services, financial planning, et cetera. And then my business partner and I, we have our own private practice that okay. is partnered with principals. So right. um, he kind of showed me, hey, I bought XYZ investment here and I sold up here and I made X amount of money. And I said, you know, you didn't go to work to make any of that. You just, you know, invested some money and put it to work for you and you made X amount. And that was literally the start of everything is that was the first time I learned that you can put money to work for you. And then I wanted to pair that with a career that gave back to people. Um, being from small town Iowa, I volunteered a lot. I was in Boy right, Scouts. Right. And I wanted to find a career that allowed me to help people, but also tie in the ability to have your money work for you. Okay. I've got it just with that statement saying you're in Boy Scouts. And we talk, and I like to go back to how people grow up. And a lot of times, some, or I shouldn't say a lot of times, sometimes when we talk about that, it may be to show that no matter what you gone, have gone through, like you probably went, grew up in a very healthy, stable environment mm -hmm. that was just setting you up to really start 
you know, much advanced from probably where your parents started possibly. Yep. And other times we see people that they go through all these hardships and you're like, how in the heck did they change their mindset to accomplish those things? So, um, Boy Scouts Mm -hmm. where you were in that, and I know very little about it because my kids all played other sports and Mm -hmm. did things. So we never got into that, that type of thing. Uh, but was there leadership and things like that that you learned in there that are, that are beneficial to you today? Absolutely. So there's even specific like uh, week-long trips that you go on tied to leadership. So there was one called um, NYLT, which is National um, Youth Leadership Training. So they send you to a week, and then you learn a bunch of basically a bunch of leadership skills, communication skills that you can take back to your troop and and um, be able to take on those leadership roles moving forward. So, um, uh, and I, I remember very vividly, I did not want to go, but that was one of those things where I'm glad I did because yeah. a lot of those things that I was comfortably uncomfortable with has led to, you know, the, a lot of the communication and leadership abilities I have today. So how old were you when you did that? Oh, it was, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, and they, 14, yeah. And your parents weren't with you, so you did it mm-hmm. multiple years. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that alone is just really an amazing experience. There's a lot of kids that don't leave their parents really for any yeah. length of time other than maybe to go spend time with grandparents. So yeah, uh, it teaches you independence yeah. pretty quickly. It does. Responsibility. It really does. I remember, you know, the first week that you go to like what's called like summer camp or whatever. Right. And right. Uh, you're completely away from your parents for a full week. And they, they do come and visit. I think it's like towards the end. Right. Um, just as like a family day. But other than that, you're there with just, you know, a bunch of guys and the leadership and you just, uh, you basically have to make it through the week. So the, the fascinating thing is I don't think it matters what we do in life, but as we learn how to make decisions and how to, how to do leadership, that's really how we're going to either start businesses or create you know, just even uh, opportunities for herself because it's not always starting a business. It can be people that have opportunities in companies and just figure out how to yep. develop so much more uh, uh, reward out of even those positions. So it's mm-hmm. it really hits a lot of aspects. Uh, back to the financial piece. When you were seeing that, though, when that that uh, mentor that did that was was he into financial products or he just took money and invested it and you've seen yep. it from that side so i mean it was just my uncle's personal money and so he, he was just investing it correct he was okay. just doing his own thing um he didn't work with an advisor planner or anything like that he just you know everyone like say everybody has a play account right and so that was his play account and so he was just showing me like what he was able to do and right uh, i was just yeah very intrigued by it and was thinking now how can i do that i remember when i when I got home, I ordered a bunch of books. I started reading articles online just to get the foundational pieces before uh, going And that was just to learn about financial investing. Mm-hmm. And how old were you there? 18. Okay. So that was senior year of high school. Yep. And were you setting goals for where you wanted to hit like certain markers in your career or your business life? So um, after graduation, I can tell you. Right. I already knew the path I wanted to go on. Okay. So it was a matter of getting there. And sometimes you just have to plan it and you can figure out the the stuff right. in the middle that's going to get you there. Okay. So it's just a matter of setting that goal first. 
And for me, I wanted to get an internship or some sort of experience as soon as I could. And to your point, you know, we met randomly at right. the tail end of a networking event. Right. And I remember I was at uh, at the local gym one night and this guy came in and we just struck up a conversation and he was interning at a local financial office um, in Fairfield, Iowa. And it's actually one of the larger independent financial right. companies out there. And so I asked him, you know, about his experience, how he got the internship, various right. things. And he's impacted me a lot as well, right. even just from that simple conversation. Right. So that's kind of where everything got snowballed was from one simple conversation with a random person um, just at the right time and right. place. So you don't pass up opportunities to strike up conversations, make new friends? Depending on the situation, no, okay. not really. Because <laughs> I know you're a very outgoing person yeah. and it, it was easy to visit with you. Um I I often like to, and I don't know how many uh, high school kids we have mm -hmm. listen to this, but if it's even parents, uh, I just always like to lay out that challenge. I think so much pressure is put on kids, and maybe you can allude to this a little bit because you clearly knew, but I know from my own kids, not a, a single one, I don't believe, uh, maybe the youngest one, knew what they wanted to do as a graduating mm -hmm. senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And so they all kind of took a path or a step or two, and then it kind of developed, and they kind of knew at that point mm -hmm. in time. Uh, do you, I mean, you're on the other side of that. Was that unusual amongst your friends that you knew what you wanted to do and they didn't? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And um, even to this day, you know, I still give back to my local high school, whether it's right. my time um, or just talking to one of the students. Right. And the same thing here at the University of Iowa. I give my time as a, as a mentee as well to a, okay. a credit hour course. And a lot of the times you'll find that these students, they just haven't figured it out yet. And the advice that I give to all of them is, you know, don't be afraid to ask somebody for 15 minutes of their time just to learn more about what they do because that right. could save you a lifetime of right. figuring it out. You don't have to learn it all yourself. Exactly. Learn it from somebody else. Uh, what, what is, this is totally, I'm going off the mm -hmm. script on that, but this is kind of a Stephen Covey thing. Yep. And he always talks, Stephen Covey always talks about how to take the focus off yourself and focus on others. And, you know, he, his thing is, you know, find uh, somebody who doesn't have family that's in a nursing home, mm -hmm. and go see them every month or every other week and just things to get your focus off of yourself and reach out to those. Is that something you were taught just as a child growing up that you need to, you know, serve and help others? Because I see that you really are into uh, figuring out ways to give back. I mean, whether it's your high school, just different things you do that. What drove you to create that to be a part of your life? Yep. I think a lot of it came down to volunteering and giving my time at a young age. So, you know, a lot of what I've attested to, to what I know now comes from my youth. And okay. I think starting the volunteering early on and giving my time early on has really led me to continue to be comfortable doing that um, even today. So your parents really pushed that? Uh, parents, organizations we were okay. parts of, you know, just giving back time. But they would have pushed you to be in those organizations probably? Um, yes and no. no. I, I would still have a choice at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And my dad always said, well, if you don't want to do it, then you have to be the one that tells, you know, whether it's a coach or right. the leader at, at an organization that you're going to be the one to quit. And so he kind of instilled, you know, hey, you got to see things through. But on the same note, too, it, it wasn't anything that was truly like forced upon me either. But I enjoyed it as well. 
So as 18, knowing what you want to get into, you start going to a community college, transfer to the University of Iowa, and uh, you you know the career direction you want to go. Mm-hmm. Who were mentors you followed back then? So a lot of the mentors that I followed back then were, you know, some of the bigger people that you see online today, whether okay. it was, you know, the Grant Cardones of the world. I didn't yeah. really have anyone that I would say is like a local mentor at right. that point, um, somebody that I can latch on to. Right. Uh, that came probably at the midway point of my career. So just a few years back. Um, So it was just a lot of, again, the early on podcast hosts and the big business guys. Yeah. Um, I just, I just see that. uh, And again, we, I talk about some of this, just challenge listeners. You've got to find ways to keep feeding your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always feeding our body. You got to feed your mind. It's in, you needs to be intentional on, how we go about that, how we're going to accomplish that. And if you were going to give some advice to a high school student today, what would you tell them? Because you, yeah. I, in my mind, sitting here being in business for how many years and doing all mm-hmm. the things I've done, it is so inspiring to have you on this podcast, you know, appreciate because yeah. I think from a parent's point of view, you're the son every parent would want. <laughs> and I just share that because I, you know, you, you're so intentional, you're so driven, so motivated, articulate on the mm-hmm. things that you've done. And clearly you've done a lot of things to get there. Your parents, you know, yes, they maybe let you make some of those decisions, mm-hmm. but they also facilitated that environment. Exactly. So if, if young kids or parents of high school kids are listening, what advice would you give them that you would do different? I would probably have them analyze their friend group first. Um, and that I don't want... I just want to high five you or at least yeah. like fist pump you on that one. Yeah. I, I really don't want them to take away from the youth, the youthfulness of still growing up, right? right Enjoying right. the fun times and right. sometimes even the dumb decisions. But at the same time too, really grabbing their attention early on and focusing on the, the few people that's yes. truly around them. Because as you can see, growing up... It, a lot of the times we act like our friend group and sometimes we make great decisions. Right. Sometimes we make really poor decisions. Right. So I'd really advise on, you know, bringing awareness to the people that they hang around with the most because they can either bring them up or bring as we down. know, bring them down. Right. Yeah. And if that's the advice you're giving, I believe at this point today, you have a process how you consider your friends and who you pursue and spend time with. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And it doesn't mean you can't have fun. It's yep. just you want people that are motivated and going places in life that, that are headed on the same direction or trajectory, right? Yep. So um, with that being said, the next question I have for you, what motivates you? I mean, when you think of JD, you know, I, I think of you, I always think of a very motivated person. Mm-hmm. Uh, friendly and all that. You're not so intense as we've already shared, but you're clearly on a path, you know, where you want to go. And it's still, I think, uncommon for somebody your age to Mm. be that intentional with it. Yeah. So what, what fires you up every morning? So it's funny you bring that up at my age. I had a client I met with yesterday and um, they're like, how old are you again? And I said, 26. I'm like, Really? You're like our grandkids' age. We thought you were like 35. <laughs> so um, I, I do get that quite a bit. And honestly, there's two things that motivate me. Um, the first is I want to make sure that I'm able to provide for 
the families that rely on me for their financial futures and be able to provide them the right advice. Because just like in any industry, there's a lot of good people, but there's also a lot of bad people. So for me, I have the responsibility of making sure that my clients are taken care of. And if something happens to me, heaven forbid, that I have a team in place that right. can immediately pick up that ball and and keep it moving. I just even want to break that down right there mm-hmm. because I think there's uh, – I work a lot with business owners mm-hmm. that – and a lot of those have no perpetuation plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often they may talk negative towards employees and they'll say they're not smart. And a lot of what – to me, it's a leadership issue – you don't want to pay what that position is really worth. Yep. So you're maybe not going to hire the level of talent. But then when it comes back to what you're talking about, God forbid something happened to you, yep. there's nobody there qualified to really take on and yep. service that client. So that was one thing uh, that you've you've pointed out. What was the second thing? Maybe I missed it. No. So the second thing is like in my industry, it's interesting how we get compensated. So I tell everybody, as long as I do the right things for the client, the compensation comes after the fact. Right. And so it goes in tandem with the second thing was I want to make sure that no matter what situation my personal family or close friends get put into, that I can be there financially if if needed. So whether it's medical bills, whether right. it's um, running behind on rent or something right. like that, I want to be able to be in that position where I can provide for the ones who have supported me along the way. Because- coming out of college and starting a career where you're asking people to talk about their finances as a 21, 22 year old. I mean, first couple of years were tough. And so I always want to make sure that the ones who've stuck by me, no matter what are, are taken care of if they do need help. And it's incredible if kids start at 18, even compared to 25, mm-hmm. the millions that makes yep. a difference at age 65. But, um, with both of those things, it's about other people. And I want to make note of that and just for the audience to hear and understand, if you really want to accomplish things in life, the first thing you have to do is take your focus off yourself. You've mm-hmm. you've really got to focus on others and how you're going to serve others. Mm-hmm. As soon as you do it on your – it's about you. And we've all seen the selfish little kid that <laughs> then doesn't have any friends in the playground. Yeah. It's, it's really though adults grow up and do the same thing. Yep. And I just want to point that out. Uh, I mean, one, I, I, I know you're mature enough to take it as a compliment, but two, I want to take that example. And that's why I wanted to ask you that question because Zig Ziglar always told us uh, for years, it was his thing. You can have anything in life you want, as mm-hmm. long as you help others get what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's back to some of the volu- volunteering. Uh, there's no pay and no reward, mm-hmm. but there really is. It's it's the guy that goes to the office and just sits in there and doesn't give back to the com- communities that he serves or works in will undoubtedly at some point not reap the benefits of the very same person that goes in and gives a lot of that back. So mm-hmm. uh, I just think people need to be very intentional about that. And I just want uh, uh, folks to understand that. Uh, yeah. Is that something you you were taught as a kid? Um, I would say it, it all ties back to, you know, the work that I I did growing up, whether it was a part-time job at IV, whether it was a volunteer work. It was always kind of instilled in me to give back to others. Um, my grandmother, again, tying back to her, would always, you know, tell me, 
you know, don't lie, to always tell the truth, do what's right. And so a lot of the foundational stuff is I, I received from my family or okay. personal experience. And, you know, it can take an entire lifetime to build a reputation. And I want to be the type of person who's known for giving back to others, whether it's through my profession or um, whether it's, you know, financially for the close friends and family that I can I can help. We want to thank Century Insurance for being a sponsor on the Mindset Growth Podcast. They work in about 18 different states, bringing insurance needs to small businesses, construction, and others likewise. They will tailor packages that fit your needs. They can work with bonds, home and auto insurance, life insurance and benefits, as well as health insurance. They will help you through the process of putting together a tailored package that benefits you and serves your family and your clients to its most effective capacity. We appreciate their support. We want to thank Gary Bontrager Consulting for being a sponsor on the Mindset Growth Podcast. There's a variety of services they offer. They have human resources for one. They have a sales program. They also work with the financials, whether you need to help set up your QuickBooks or go with a high-level person that can help you do benchmarking, budgeting, and the likewise. They also do a lot of leadership training, whether you are the business owner, manager, or are just leaders in departments. They can tailor those packages for you. Reach out to them for a free consult, and they will see what your needs are and offer different opportunities for you to put in motion to take your business to the next level. They have been successful over the past few years in helping organizations not only grow, but grow as much as two, three, and 400% in a 12-month period. Certainly, they understand it takes a strong foundation and there are years where there may be no growth leading up to this as they put the right pieces in place. Reach out to them at www.garybontrager.com. You can reach out to them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter and get the free advice that they offer And that may be just what you need to set you on a different path to lead you forward and be successful in your business and your life. We appreciate them supporting us. So you talk about taking a lifetime to build your reputation. Mm -hmm. Clearly, it's more than just giving back. Yeah. What are, would you, you mind sharing with us, what are some of those like top two, three, five things that are, these are important to me. I'm going to do these. Uh, it's making sure that, especially in my industry, that people I work with understand why they're doing what they're doing. I, I feel like there's a lot of individuals who either sell a product or tie somebody up an investment that just leaves the client uneducated. So making sure that, again, it all ties back to clients being taken care of. Um, but then on on top of that, it's making sure that it's not just them, but it's also the next generation. Right. The ones who they want to leave assets behind too. Okay. And knowing that there is a generational impact that ties back to the reputation that I'm building too. Okay. If you're going to look uh, into the next 10 years, what does that look like for you? That's a really good question. Um, and you don't need to get tell, yeah. tell us that you're proposing to your girlfriend yeah. or anything like that. I'm just thinking more like uh, life goals. Yeah. Um, at some point, you know, starting a family. Right. Because uh, one, besides the parents being like, you know, when are you going to get married and have kids? Um, I also want to start a family on my right. own and instill the same values in, in right. my kids as 
what I received growing up. Right. Um, but also, too, on the business front, continuing to grow the firm that my business partner and I have established. And okay. Opened a second location, and we want to continue to add to that team because we understand the more people that we can impact from our profession, it requires more bodies in the office to do that because we only have so much capacity right. to do that. Right. So the goal is to essentially grow a, a billion-dollar firm in the okay. next 10 years. So. so with that, what are some steps and processes that you guys take Yep. So that you know that you can ha- you can see that you know happen mm-hmm. and and just grow for for you guys. Yep. So I mean the biggest thing and this is I have to give my business partner credit because he's really instilled it on me because I think we get so tied up in what we're really good at that we don't focus on some of the day to day whether right. it's you know the biggest thing was tracking data. So making sure that we can keep a tally of everything that we're bringing in. Uh, new clients, um, existing business that just wants to add more. Right. So it all comes down to tracking that data and okay. then running our projections on it. Okay. You know? And with that, though, I have to mm-hmm. believe you guys are doing annual goal setting. You have, yep. you know, one year, three year, five year, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. There's clear goals set and expectations. Yeah. Uh, you chose, you grew up in, in the Midwest. Yeah. You do business here. Uh Clearly, if you're building a practice, you're probably going to stay here. Yep. But what intrigues you to some of the Midwestern values and why you want to stay here in this community? So it's definitely family first. Okay. Family first. Um, I have friends in Chicago, L.A., you know, Florida, down in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. And you can see just with the different lifestyles that are around the country. And when you come back home to the Midwest and in particular Iowa, the family values is, is typically number one. Okay. Um, versus the rat races of the New Yorks of the world, right. or the LAs of right. the world. So it's, you know, putting that attention on, you know, the ones who are there for you. How do you, uh, uh, you're talking family first, but, yeah. you know, again, that had to be something you learned mm-hmm. growing up. Uh, do you believe that that can't happen in those other places or it's just the culturally it's kind of just changed and shifted? Yep. I'd say the the biggest change that you see when you go to these places are the amount of individuals, young professionals in their early 30s, mid 30s, late 20s that are focused solely on their career. And there's a lot more of them there than what you may see around here. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of it ties to, you know, being in that environment where you're you're obviously more competitive. Right, right. Um, and you want to work your way up the ladder. And so in order to do that, you have to really give your time and attention to that right. profession or that career, or that company. And, you know, we, I was a great place to be, but we don't have the Microsoft offices here. Right. We don't have the Googles of the world right. coming here and building those large corporate headquarters or extension right. offices. So in order to be able to work up that ladder, I feel like a lot of those demographics have the infrastructure in place to, to allow somebody to focus on the career. And did I hear you right? You go, you help with class some? As far as like college courses? Yeah. Yep. So there is a one credit hour course at the university um, where it's like, basically it's a professional preparation course. So a lot of the kids that take it, uh, it's a one credit hour, one semester, nine week course where focuses on informational interviews, resume reviews, um, just general introduction, how to present yourself. And so um, you get paired up with one or two mentees every right. single semester and you basically give them your time and guidance and, you know, they fill in the questionnaire to see right. what industries and such that right. they're interested in and they get paired up accordingly. So out of that experience, mm-hmm. working with those, 
what would you tell parents that have high school kids or high school kids yep. to get a head start on that process? Oh, that's a really good question. I would say, you know, first and foremost, don't be afraid to take classes that right. intrigue you because that's the same thing almost as getting that hands-on right. experience or chatting with someone right. in that industry. So I would I would recommend, you know, making sure you take advantage of courses that do intrigue you right. um, because that could be the game changer as far right. as the career trajectory that you plan to go on. Um, and then don't be afraid to ask, you know, your professors right. for for any sort of advice. And because what one thing that I regret, and I hate to even admit that, but I didn't network as hard as I did in college as I did now that I'm right. post grad. Right. So a lot of the professors at a lot of these big schools, they have a network that exceeds what you would right. even imagine. Right. Um, and that's how a lot of a lot of my friends got placed where they did is because they were able to spend the time to network and. I would, those connections. I would agree with that completely. It's, uh, there's so many kids that go to school. I don't care where it's at and people listening mm -hmm. truly relationships is what business in general is about. Mm -hmm. I don't care if where you're working, what you're doing, you can be, you don't need to be self-employed. Mm -hmm. It's the relationships that make the difference. Um, uh, I love nothing more than flying somewhere yep. and seeing how many people I'm going to know in the airport <laughs> or on that plane, especially if they're flying out of Eastern Iowa, you know, yeah. it's seldom I don't know a few people. And it's just interesting as I do that, how I think about how I connected with all these people. Yeah. And if that's, I would agree with you. If there's one thing I would change completely is I would try to network and mm -hmm. do different things. Uh, the other thing I'd like to summarize uh, as well outside of the networking really should be probably ahead of the networking is choosing friends. Yeah. And I don't care what stage in life you're at. I have had to do this several times in my own career and I am sure you've probably done it. There are even people as you start into a job an occupation or a business that at some point you realize you've hit the cap. And once you want to go to the next level, yep. you really need to shift where you're putting your time, who you're spending it with all of those things. So never stop evaluating yep. is, is the other piece of that. And it's probably the first piece uh, as you evaluate your friends, never stop evaluating friends, but even yourself yep. and where you're, you know, where you can keep leveraging to grow and become the next person. Clearly we need to grow every day. Yep. Uh, I want to also share this with you. I can count on probably one hand, how many people were either just out of college or in college that have very respectfully contacted me and wanted to spend time with me with really no agenda, but were just genuine on wanting to understand as near as I can tell, maybe how I function, how I've accomplished mm -hmm. what I've done. And you are one of those, uh, you know, and I've had another young man do it and ask specifically for only 15 minutes because he said, I cannot pay for it. And I don't feel like I deserve to take more of your time because, you know, and I certainly spent more than 15 minutes with the young man. Yep. Uh, but I had a deep appreciation for him and it's a way to give back. So I even challenge, uh, you know, business owners maybe that are older or yep. people that have great positions in companies uh, to mentor those folks. It's back mm -hmm. to giving back to your community and developing others. Yep. Um, I agree with that. I, and it really does show too, because I, I, really think that we have an impact on people, whether or not it's a direct influence or, or, right. or indirect. And, you know, if that college grad or high school grad reaches out to you, find time in the calendar. Right. Now, granted, you, I understand you can't do it for like a hundred people, but right. every so often it's, right. 
you have no idea the impact that you could have on that person's life right. that could completely change the outcome of where they go. I would even challenge folks uh, beyond that. And I have done a several variations of this. <laughs> I would even figure out as you're building out your schedule throughout the week, what time you're going to donate. Yes. You know, we know if we earn a thousand dollars where it's going to be allotted, we can mm -hmm. budget all of those things. And I think the time or the thing that we do not budget enough is absolutely our time, which is our most valuable resource. Uh, the thing with money, and I'm just kind of going off script here, but, yeah. you know, I know we deal with a lot of that, you know, in just our day to day. But the thing with money is we can lose it and we can gain it. Mm -hmm. The thing with time, it's the only inventory, you know, we, we can go into any other inventory and we can replenish it. You cannot replenish time. And so if I challenge anybody with time, think about that because there's, there's a lot of folks that are highly successful and they are obviously very well, do very well at managing time. Mm -hmm. And so I think we often look like, look at it like, well, I enjoy this. I want to do this. And if we can figure out that balance, because that's clearly all we're doing with money is figuring out a balance. We're figuring out we're trading time for either leverage of some kind and deciding how much we're going to leverage it to get the, the end result mm -hmm. with, with what we're going to put in our bank account each week or month. It's the same thing with time. And so I just want to challenge the audience to uh, think about that. Yep. You know, I mean, I, and I'll just throw it out there because I don't think there's that much new material out there. I think different people take it and maybe connect it with folks yep. differently. But that's where I come back. You know, that was where I learned it from was a Stephen Covey course I took. Mm -hmm was just giving back to the community and you've done a tremendous job with that. But there's so many times I have done that and I have people like, why do you keep doing that? What do you, you yeah. know, but I'll do a stint here and a stint there and kind of move it around. But there's so many relationships and clients that have just developed out of those things. And some of them are just genuine good yep. people and there's nothing but a good friendship. Mm -hmm. And it's cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. And, yeah. and kind of tying back to my business partner, He's going to love listening to this because of how much credit I give him. Um, one thing that he really helped me with and helped me prioritize is, you know, the time on the calendar. Right. I would typically schedule, you know, as many meetings as possible, either whether it's just review meeting with existing clients or prospective client meetings on my calendar Monday through Friday. Um, so Monday mornings, we spend our time, 9 a.m. sharp, team meeting. What's the week look like? What do we need to prioritize and accomplish right now? And then on Fridays, we actually, unless it's an emergency, we try and block off the, the morning for purely right. taking off the wealth management hat and putting on the CEO hat to focus on the business. And then we spend the second half of the day planning for the, the week to come, as well as any prospecting opportunities and marketing opportunities we have. So you're really taking the, your entire Friday mm -hmm. to build business. Yep. And I, I point that out because I kind of had my questions and we're totally off the script That's on okay. this, but this is awesome because again, folks, so many people work in the business and they do not take the time to yep. work on the business. And it comes back to allotting. If you sit down and figure out what's important to you, uh, the big thing that you have to figure out is how you're going to allot the time to work on all those things. And working on the business is an absolute must. You mm -hmm. just have to, if you don't, you can't grow a company. Exactly. You can't serve other people. Yep. You can't provide maybe for your family the way you should. So, And then on top of that, too, it makes you more efficient Monday through Thursday or however you structure yes. the calendar because then you're 
if you look at it, you're losing a day that you could be using to keep on the, hey, I'm going to just keep running the business hat. But when you take that step back and you focus on the business itself, then it makes you more efficient for the right. the rest of the days in the week too. Well, it raises your awareness. Yep. Uh, it gives you the time to actually figure out what's the most profitable and equitable things you should yep. be doing and spending your time with and who else is maybe better suited to do certain aspects of those things yep. for you. So yep. uh, I appreciate we got into that. I believe if there's one thing anybody's ever going to use to be successful, it's time management. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think they cannot possibly go through that process of figuring out their time management without figuring out their own core values yep. and what's important to them. And there's a whole balance, you know, uh, uh, for a lot of folks, it's faith, mm -hmm. uh, but it's family and then work. Mm-hmm. And if you can get those balance right, a lot of times you can play more, work more, yep. and enjoy your family more. Yep. And it's just odd because we tie ourselves into being so busy. Yep. And I find business owners who whine about not being able to get good help ever yep. that, you know, I just have to do it myself. But if yep. you're doing, you know, if you don't even know what you feel your worth is and what value is per hour that you should be earning, mm -hmm. you're going to end up doing things that are going to earn you much less and not get yep. you that reward. And to that point, too, for all the listeners, that's something that I struggled with was when I hired my first assistant and trusting her to do the things that I know I'm efficient at, but it's not a good use of my time. Right. So really building that trust and rapport, it doesn't come overnight. I mean, it comes through proper training, culture within the organization. But the biggest thing is just you have to trust that person to right. do it. And if it doesn't work out, there's billions of other people out there who could be the right fit. So, you know, don't feel like if it doesn't work out with the first one, that there isn't that right fit for you out there. Um, and being able to, again, to your point, time management, um, you can't tackle everything. You have right. a, a finite amount of time every day, every month, every year, and you can't do it all. So you need right. to be able to delegate and find the right people that fit those positions to take that workload off of you so you can focus on what you're efficient at. Right. And at Gary Bontrager Consulting, we go through and help people figure out what their top priorities mm -hmm. are a lot. And it's interesting when we take them through this exercise – they will spend 80, if not 90% of their yep. time on all the items that are well below where they should be. And it's mind-blowing to them. They, yeah. they don't even see it and understand it. And then once, they, once it's all on paper and we have a way of categorizing those things, they're just like, what? Yeah. How's, this, how's that possible? <laughs> you know, I'm just busy. That's all I'm doing is just yeah. being busy. So uh, it's, a huge, it's huge and life-changing for that to take place mm -hmm. and that to happen. Oh. And that's where you can incorporate that day where you take off, you know, the day-to-day -day hat, you put on the business owner hat, yeah. and you look at it from 30,000 feet above and see, all right, now what what changes do we need to make as an organization right. to continue to be more right. efficient and allow me the time to do what I'm good at? My, I had a, I've had a long career in property and casualty and in, mm -hmm. in insurance, and I had this philosophy, I didn't want to pay anybody, I just worked alone for a number yep. of years. I get that. And there's a gentleman in our we're in the town we're in right now, and he's very successful in the financial products. Mm -hmm. When he started out his career, he did the same thing I was doing, and one day he told me to knock it off and kind of help me, you know, work myself through that process. And for him, he just said simply, once I brought in a real good assistant, yep, 
I I think tripled or quadrupled his production in the next 12 months. Yep. And what was amazing was he was spending so much time doing what he was not good at yep. instead of doing the things he was good at and focusing on that. So. And that's what I tell my assistant too. And very similar to his story, um, as soon as I hired her, within the next 12 months, there was a significant increase in revenue. And I did nothing different other than I was able to meet more people right. and spend time with right. my clients. Right. And it's interesting just how much more efficient you can be and how much more revenue you can generate by just having the one or two right. people in the right places. And they don't want to do your job. No. And once <laughs> they do what they do, you don't want to do their job. Exactly. <laughs> They're so much better at it. What's uh, what's some advice you would just give in general? I know I've asked you a couple of different questions, but with what we've just got through discussing, what are a couple of, I mean, you know, on that topic, what's yeah. something, if you walk out of here today and you want somebody to be successful and they're listening to you right now, uh, where's the starting point? There's there's definitely three things. The first is never stop being curious. I, I feel like it doesn't matter how smart we may think we are. We don't know everything and we can always um, learn more from others. So never stop being curious or asking those questions. Uh, the second is don't be afraid to show some humility out there. Absolutely. We're not right on everything. Um, and then the third is, you know, work hard. Right. And that's, you can talk to any successful person out there. Nothing ever comes easy. Yeah, you might hear the the local person winning the lottery yeah. once in your lifetime, but nothing comes easy and you need to work, work hard for everything you have. And I will add to that because that is absolutely life-changing, incredible advice. But I would even add to the work hard part. It doesn't mean work long. It means yep. work hard. I see people, and I did this in my first business, 80-hour weeks were the norm. Mm-hmm. And- I was, I was not doing well, <laughs> but I was, I was doing a lot of the things I shouldn't have been doing and it was yep. burned out. And the energy was down and it just wasn't good. Yep. Uh, the other thing that I will attest to for the audience, and this is one reason I had JD on this show is as a young man, about four years ago, I think when I met you mm-hmm. would have been 22 years old. I have learned things from you. I appreciate and I, and to me, I know there's no one I'm going to meet that I can't learn something from. Sometimes it may be things not to do, mm-hmm. but hopefully I'm, I'm, you know, choosing to spend time with the folks that I can learn something from more positively, but don't be afraid to learn even things not to do. I mean, there's, yeah. I'm doing things. I hope people learn from me and they don't go have to make that mistake <laughs> themselves. So, um, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm just saying you dropped some serious uh, bombs in <laughs> what will work for a young person to be successful. And I appreciate it so much. With that, I also want to give you the opportunity where people can find you if they want to yep. follow you. Because uh, when J.D. Kloffenstein Cl- says he likes go. to have fun, <laughs> I follow you on social media, yeah. and that's a fact. Yep. You do not work all the time. You like to play and have yep. fun and you, you love to vacation. Yep. And so where can people find you? Because I find that being inspiring so that people can get maybe a snapshot of what you're telling us today and they can kind of see it unfold on social media. And yep. I am assuming you don't mind having followers. No, I do not. <laughs> um, I know there's some like as far as content, different restrictions. Right. I have my personal pages where people can follow yeah. me on. So very unique name. I'm the only one on Facebook. So sure Gary and his team will plug how to spell it out somewhere. Um, well, certainly when we li- when yeah. we post this podcast, your contact will be on there. Yep. And, but, and they'll be able to go out on your page and find it too if you choose to share 
this. Yeah. So, so Facebook is just my name, JD Kloffenstein. Okay. Uh, website, same thing, jdkloffenstein.com. And then my Instagram, which is private, so I'm kind of selective on yeah. who I allow. But I allow majority of people to follow okay. my stuff. Um, but that's JDK underscore 96. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they can look you up and request you. and Yeah. Then you will grade them. So if you guys have problems and need to get your house in order because you want to up your success game, try to get on his Instagram. Yeah. He's got a grading criteria he's going to put you through, (laughs) and it'll only help you in life. So, hey, man, with that, I thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Uh, I just have always been inspired at a young person like you, and you in particular, how hard you have worked and how going back to what you've said, being curious and humble and your work ethic, you exemplify all three of those. And again, I don't know your parents, but if I could, I would congratulate them on a wonderful son. So with that, thanks, man. I appreciate appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for being on Mindset Growth Podcast, folks. I hope you find this as entertaining as I have. Uh, Just really have grown to have a deep appreciation for JD. So like our channel, follow us, subscribe. That way you can get all our content and continue to see guests like JD on our show. Thank you for joining us. 